What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's November 29, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 128. In this episode, I'll talk about using intermittent fasting the right way to lose weight properly, and then I'll break down some of the benefits of the sauna. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. So, alright, usually I start with a quick fitness tip, but for this week, let's just get into part two of the Hawaii trip. Just Let's just get into it. So yeah, got back for my first visit to Hawaii, Maui specifically. I mean, wow, that's really all I have to say. Such a nice place. I still reminisce and look back at the pictures at least once a day, and the food was top tier. On top of that, time with my family, best thing ever. I promised on last week's episode that I would talk about the food, so... I have to talk about one of the best places that you could eat on Maui, Mama's Fish House. It's a place where you have to book reservations and they have free valet parking, which is cool. It also has this very nice uh, beachside view just a few steps away from the restaurant, which I got to see when me and my family had lunch there. But yeah, incredible food there. I actually looked up to see what I ate because I forgot exactly what it was. And on the menu that they print out every day, it shows what fishermen caught which fish and where. Everything was caught within the last 24 hours. Uh, At least that's what they say. I'll have to take their word for that. Again, pricey spot like everything else on the island, but so worth it. Again, with the family. Uh, We got to take some pics by the water. The palm trees were there. Just incredible scenery outside the restaurant. I went there twice, actually, because it was so good. Luckily, I was able to get reservations. And I literally pulled up the menu in another tab here. So let me just read this for you. What I had was the uh, macadamia encrusted. Okay, so right now it says kanpachi, but I did have a different fish when I was there. But it's also, let's take this in, stuffed with lobster and crab in a macadamia nut crust with a petite Tristan Island lobster tail. Oh my god. Yeah, it was super good. I cleaned my plate easily. My family even ordered literally a whole fish that came to the table. I think it was like $90 or something. I didn't even eat any of it except for the eyes. I don't know why, but when my family used to make fish at home when I was growing up, I used to have some of the fish, but also would specifically eat the eyes. I know it's a little bit weird, but it's something we used to actually fight over back in the day, like who gets to eat the eyes. I just remember that growing up. Uh, One thing I did miss out on when I was over there, I did not get to have any poke. Totally, like, forgot about that, but apparently it's super good. Uh, But the pineapples there, incredible. I don't know how I'm going to get a hold of a Maui Gold pineapple over here, but I'll try to find them maybe at Whole Foods. Maybe they'll have them at Farm Boy. But apparently Amazon has them if you're on the U.S. website. Just Oh my god, not a hint of sourness to them. They were just so good. This was actually part of the pineapple tour we went on. 
Uh, that was the second last day, I believe. Not only was the tour super informative, but at the end, they give you a pineapple. A Maui Gold pineapple, specifically, which was, like I said, it was so good. First off, I actually learned how to cut a pineapple properly. Now, this dude was using a machete to cut it, which is probably standard, but I've never seen it done up close. Uh, up close and personal like that, so I had to record it and study the technique. But wow, those pineapples, so good. Like... No sourness. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. It's all hand-planted at this uh, farm and hand-picked. So we got to learn a lot about the farming process, which was, I mean, that was proper. If you remember from last week, I went paragliding. I remember that day I also stopped at a random restaurant called Akula Bistro. The steak there was all right, but the crab cakes, oh my God, it, it was bomb. And there was actually a gym right beside uh, this place. So now my thinking was that it was a gym with weights. So I was going to work out, but it was actually one of the oldest gyms on the island. And they, I don't know, I think they kind of renovated it a little bit, but, uh, they do use it for basketball and volleyball. So it was pretty cool to see some of the kids enjoying themselves in there on, uh, I believe it was a Saturday afternoon. Um, what else did I have that was notable? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but tacos, Oh my god, we had this taco, I forget what, uh, oh, the place was called Tight Tacos, it was just this little spot, I found this spot after the food truck I was going to go to for some poke, they closed like a half an hour early, I showed up at 5, like 5.35, but turned out they closed already, even though Google Maps said they closed at 6pm, again, apparently that's like just typical island life, but this taco place, again, so good. My favorite there is the shrimp tacos, but also the corn they had there. So good. I wish they served more of that. I've never had corn like that. It was coated in some kind of sauce, and there was like this red stuff on top. Not sure what it was. We had these tacos. They were so good. I had to go back for seconds the next day. Man, I really want to go back there. Just recapping all this stuff for the past two weeks. It was such a good 10 days or so there, and the trip went even better than I could have even imagined. Even the family breakfasts and dinner we had were great. Steaks were cooked. My cousin made her usual from-scratch pancakes, which were fire, too. Uh, we had a catered dinner one night, which had amazing salad, the beef, fish, chicken. Amazing. Oh, yeah, and the cake. Can't forget that. We had this mango cheesecake that I... I had that for the rest of my time uh, for several days in a row because I didn't want to waste it. Uh, there was also a two-tier mocha and carrot cake. Again, had that most days as well. Man, what a trip. Oh, yeah. So while we were going uh, or doing the road to Hana, which is this winding road up the mountains, you stop a little bit at the side of the road. There's like some waterfalls. I was getting a little bit sick towards the end, but about halfway through or... A bit more than that, they had these pop-up shops which were just to the side of the road. We stopped at this one place that had some bananas, but they specifically, I didn't even see it at first, but they had these huge avocados. I'm not even exaggerating. It's more than double the size of the typical North American ones. Not quite triple, but damn, that thing was heavy. So yeah, I got one. It's like the difference between a normal egg and an ostrich egg or something, if you've seen what that looks like. I got that and it was $5 for one. <laughs> I had it the next morning with my breakfast, the usual, you know, five eggs. And I'm not lying when I say the seed itself on the inside, like the pit, if that's what you call it, 
that itself was as big as the avocados we get here in those like five dollar bags where you get them for five like five avocados for five dollars the seed was that big the avocado itself though tasted just about the same but it was just so massive i had to see if it tasted different and i don't think it was which is fine I also went to a lavender farm, which was pretty cool, seeing all that scenery, all the colors. But also I brought home some lavender honey from Maui so that I can use that this winter for my honey lemon ginger tea. You know, that big immune system booster I always talk about. So now I get a little taste of Hawaii every day. That's really it. I mean, over there I spent most days in the backyard pool and jacuzzi, had some beach days, Watched some surfers and parasailers do their thing one day. Weather was perfect. It maybe rained for a total of 10 minutes the whole time. Just a place of pure bliss. And I love the, um, what is it called? Like the vibe of the island and just so chill and laid back. I'll be back one day. Besides that, I mean, honestly, I've been really back into the full swing of things. This morning and yesterday... I went through my typical 4.30 a.m. workouts, loving those again. I got to start posting stuff on Instagram again, though. Going to dump some of my old content before we kick off this new year. I haven't even used any footage like for my new phone yet, and I've had the phone for like maybe two months. I've spent most of the time these days making sure my fantasy team is on point, NBA, NHL. I have two more Ted Lasso episodes to go. I finally put an alarm on at night to get off Call of Duty because that has been just consuming my life lately. But thankfully, I haven't fallen behind in work and December should be pretty chill in terms of work. But what I really need to do is get back on my reading grind. That's something this year, I'm not even going to lie, I just fell off. 2022 was such a success in that regard. So I really need to get back into the habit of reading at least five pages daily because, ah, man, I've, I've been slacking. I think the biggest factor for me right now, getting back into it, is finding a book that really captures my attention. Like last year, Atomic Habits, the Steve Jobs bio, all those fitness books I read, they were so helpful. So I need to find something to light that fire again for me. To kick things off, after I record this, I'm going to read one of those books that I have on my Kindle that's like a three-page chapter-a-day kind of book. I used to read those right as I'd wake up to start the day off on the right foot. That's a habit I really need to get back into, which was tough this year, transitioning to a new job. But now it's been a year at Movadi at a, um, as a full-time personal trainer over there, and I need to do things for myself now. It's been a good year, so we got to keep it going into 2024 and, the well, first, the holiday season. Question one, using intermittent fasting to lose weight properly. At this point, everyone has pretty much heard of intermittent fasting, and there's a few ways to do it, which I'll go over. The thing is, people will use it as a way to lose weight, but some people will use it the wrong way, so I'm here to educate you as best as I can. So, first off, if you have a bad relationship with food, you should not be doing this. That's the first thing I need to say. Also, I rarely, rarely recommend this to my clients. So, intermittent fasting, it can be an effective approach for weight loss when done properly and safely, and that's because it involves cutting out a meal or two, usually at the beginning of your day. It involves cycling between periods of eating and fasting. So, there's several popular, we'll just say IF methods, so I don't have to keep on repeating it. So, there's different methods, each with its own fasting and eating windows. Some common methods include the 16-8 method. This would mean fasting for 16 hours and eating during an 8-hour window. 
I think that's the most common approach. That might mean eating from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and that's it. Some people might do this already. Sometimes uh, I've heard of people eating from only from noon to 6 p.m. or something, which is where IF can be dangerous because there's just a constant push to have that eating window be as small as possible because people's sole purpose when it comes to using this is to simply lose weight and lose weight as much as possible or as quick as possible also. There's also other methods like a 5-2 method, which is where you eat normally for five days and then spending two days of the week eating very low calories. There's even one way I've heard of, which is where you stop eating for 24 hours. So fasting for 24 hours once or twice a week. Regardless what method you choose, the key thing is to start gradually. Choose a method that suits your lifestyle and preferences. If you're new to fasting, ease into it by gradually increasing the fasting window. For example, start with a 12-hour fast and gradually increase it to 14, 16, maybe more over time. This includes sleep, by the way. So if you sleep for 8 hours, that's already an 8-hour fast. So that might mean delaying breakfast 1 or 2 hours, maybe skipping breakfast entirely, depending on how your meal schedule works. Some super important things to remember during your fasts is that you need to stay hydrated. Drink plenty of water, herbal tea, and other non-caloric beverages during your fasting period to stay hydrated. Now, some will say this breaks the fast, but we could argue that all day long. Personally, if it's a low-calorie and no-calorie beverage, I think you're good. And no, I don't count any kind of soda like a Diet Coke or Coke Zero to be classified as a low-calorie option. That's just... That's off limits, I think. Another thing to remember is that when you're eating, you need to focus on nutrient-dense foods. So during your eating window, prioritizing whole nutrient-dense foods, lean proteins, complex carbs, healthy fats, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, this approach, eating these foods helps you feel satisfied and nourished. Uh, You don't want to be breaking your fast with ultra-processed foods because You'll just crave those foods more often, and you might find that you're still eating in a calorie surplus because of how calorie-packed those foods are. You still need to limit your processed foods and sugar intake, minimizing or eliminating those highly processed foods and sugary treats from your diet is important. If you focus more on whole foods, you'll get better results. I mean, that's guaranteed. So, controlling portion sizes. Okay, so... Even during your eating window, be mindful of portion sizes to avoid overeating and consuming excess calories. This also means that you have to pay attention to what your plate of food looks like. Prioritizing protein always would be smart regardless if you work out or not. Make sure to get in a lot of vegetables as well because if you're eating less, um, that means less chances of getting in optimal vitamins and minerals. So this becomes even more important when it comes to overall health. Avoid compensation. That's the next one I have here. Some people find that uh, they may eat, uh, overeat, sorry, during their eating window after fasting. Avoid the mindset of compensating for the fasting period by indulging in the unhealthy or excessive, uh, excessive eating or excessive foods. Like just because you're eating for fewer hours during the day doesn't mean you can eat whatever you want. You still need to be mindful of the foods you're eating and how much food you're eating. So yeah, balanced meals are more important than ever. Aim to include meals that have a mix of protein, fiber, healthy fats. This helps stabilize blood sugar levels and helps keep you satisfied throughout the day. And you got to listen to your body. So pay attention to your hunger and fullness cues. 
If you're genuinely hungry during your fasting period, it's okay to adjust your schedule or eat a a small healthy snack. You don't need to starve yourself for another hour because you have your mindset on a 15-hour fast instead of, uh, or you have your mindset on a 16-hour fast and it's only been 15 hours. I mean, it's really not worth it. So you need to adjust your schedule as needed. And consider nutrient timing. This one's, I mean, it's all about planning. So planning your meals around your workouts if possible, have your protein-rich foods after exercise to support your muscle recovery and growth. Carbs before exercise would be smart because that's our main source of energy. That's why you also have to consider planning ahead, right? Prepare your meals and snacks in advance so that you don't have to stress about what you're going to eat later. Sometimes if you don't plan what you're going to eat, you might resort to less healthy options. That might mean going out to eat instead of having a home-cooked meal. When it comes to fasting, I mean, that's what I think. That's a quick little guide to do it the right way because most people just got up, uh, get caught up in saying, oh, I only eat one meal a day or I only eat for five hours a day. And I don't think that's smart or sustainable for the long term. What will help you uh, along would be all of this would be to monitor your progress. Keep track of your weight, measurements, how you feel throughout the process, adjust your fasting schedule and eating habits based on progress, life, work schedule, and you need to remember to be patient and consistent. So weight loss and body composition, these changes take time and results may vary from person to person. Consistency is key to achieving sustainable results. Okay. Um, All that being said, going back to what I said at the beginning, if your sole purpose is to lose weight because of this method or using this method, I don't think it's smart. I don't advise it. Because it doesn't really teach you anything. You're basically starving yourself for the majority of the day. If you don't eat, you lose weight, obviously. Behaviorally, though, you encourage this method and it's the only way you see that you can lose weight, especially if it works for as long as you do it. But I don't think it's the smartest method. This is especially true if you're someone who has already suffered from eating disorders or body dysmorphia in the past. So intermittent uh, fasting can be an effective tool for weight loss, but it's important to approach it in a way that suits your individual needs and supports your overall health. It's not suitable for everyone, so make sure to consider your own circumstances and, I mean, consult a professional or personal trainer um, if you need to. Question two, benefits of the sauna. And you know, I had to bring this up. This is one of those habits that have probably saved me this year from whatever sickness that's been going around the past few months. I don't want to jinx it, but I haven't been sick for over a year now. And I think I do have the sauna to partially thank. I regularly use the sauna or or the steam room now, now that I have access to it. Past few months, I've been in there four to five times a week and I swear by it. That's because sauna use has been associated with several potential health benefits, but it's important to note that this varies from person to person. Before using a sauna, especially if you have underlying health conditions, it's a good idea to consult with a healthcare professional. So let me break down some of the potential benefits of the sauna. First off, improved circulation. The heat from the sauna causes blood vessels to dilate, which actually promotes better circulation throughout the body. This can potentially help with cardiovascular health and blood pressure regulation. Think immune boosting effects. This is why I've been doing it lately. I've been surrounded by so many sick people lately. It's unreal. I swear by the sauna these days to ward off sickness or at least recover faster. 
Sauna use leads to less illness and infections. It reduces all-cause mortality. I did have a bit of coughing at times, but the severity of my sickness was way less than the people around me, which was just wild. No medicine, no antibiotics for me. And I was around someone who was sick for over a month with two different things. So my uh, my body did a great job when it comes to defending itself. And I think at least some of that credit needs to go to my regular sauna or steam room use. Next up, my favorite point has to do with relaxation and stress reduction. So the sauna, it can help uh, reduce stress levels, promote relaxation, and improve overall well-being. This is my main method, plus the meditation aspect of it. I really work on my deep belly breathing while I'm in there, and it helps me relax for sure. Detoxification, next point, sweating in a sauna. This can help eliminate toxins through the skin. However, it's worth noting that the extent of this uh, detoxification is debated, but personally, I think it helps with how my skin looks and feels, but again, that could just be placebo, but I'm convinced it works for some people. There's also been some research backing the fact that the sauna helps with muscle recovery, and this works by increasing blood flow to muscles in the body, again, because of those relaxation benefits I talked about earlier. There's also that potential caloric burn, so while you're in there, you do burn a little bit more calories than usual. I mean, the effect is relatively low, but it can still contribute to overall calorie expenditure. So those are some of the benefits, and now that you're going to go do that this week, right, what are some of the recommended sauna times, or how long should you go in there for? Well, the recommended sauna time varies based on factors such as your tolerance to heat, your health status, the specific type of sauna you're using, you know, the temperature. My suggestion always, start slowly. If you're new to sauna use, start with shorter sessions to allow your body to acclimate to the heat, so you got to get used to it. Begin with around 5 to 10 minutes and gradually increase over time. That's where I started, and now I can handle 30 minutes in there, no problem. For the steam room, I suggest maybe a minute or two to start, and maybe upwards of 7 to 10 minutes in my opinion. And you got to stay hydrated. This is big. Uh, Drink water before and after your sauna session to stay hydrated, because if you're sweating, that leads to fuel loss. Ah, fuel. I mean, (laughs) fluid loss. Uh, I bring my bottle most times into the sauna just in case I might need it. Better to be safe than sorry. You don't want to go into the sauna and then get drained, you know, from the energy or drained of energy because of the potential water loss that'll take place because of the sweat you'll be, I mean, you'll be sweating, I'm sure. And you got to listen to your body. So pay attention to how you feel during the session. If you start to feel dizzy, lightheaded, uncomfortable, exit the sauna immediately. Don't overdo it. Like I said, you gotta pace yourself. Prolonged or excessive sauna use can lead to overheating, dehydration, and other health risks. Uh, and sessions of 15 to 20 minutes is considered safe for most people. And then after your sauna session, allow your body to cool down gradually. You can do this by taking a lukewarm shower or resting in a cooler area first. Start there, and then maybe you can try going from the sauna to a cold shower. I do that at times and it feels, I mean, it feels great to me. It took me a few months to get acclimated and to start doing something like this, but there is is that option for you. Now, in terms of frequency, again, this can vary. Some people find benefits from using the sauna a few times a week. Others might use it less frequently. That's really up to you. 
Remember that sauna use might not be suitable for everyone, especially those with certain medical conditions like cardiovascular issues, maybe asthma, pregnancy, or certain skin conditions. You got to always talk to your, you know, your doctor could help, especially before incorporating regular sauna use into your routine. And there you have it. I mean, that's it. That concludes episode 128 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.